0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today I'm joined by Julie Riesler. Julie is an author and life designer. She's the founder and CEO of Empowered Living, a life design and personal development company. While Julie has a master's degree in coaching and more than 12 certifications in health and well-being, her master's could have been in people-pleasing and crappy self-esteem. She's the author of Get a PhD in You, A Course in Miraculous Self-Discovery, Julie authentically shares the extensive personal growth wisdom that came from her own struggles with body image, relationships, and feeling not enough. Julie's also in the short film Hungry for More, soon to be an online course where she shares openly about her journey with emotional overeating to finding out what really makes you full. As a speaker, coach, author, and and faculty member at Georgetown University's coaching program, Julie is enamored with helping you to master your inner world so that you can master your outer world. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored and thrilled to be here. Now, before we jump into more about your coaching business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit more about yourself, uh, maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not busy working.
1: It's a great, it's a great question. I'm laughing because I ended up choosing a career and a business that literally is, uh, is so much my passion that a lot of, what, <laughs> a lot of what I love to do is what I'm doing <laughs> in my career. So for me, finding that time and space, um, that's not when I'm not on, you know, what that looks like. I am an avid fan of meditating. I love yoga. Um, I love walking outside and being in nature. Love spending time with my husband and my my children. Um, and I love experimenting in the kitchen. I don't follow recipes, but I just love playing. That's kind of my <laughs> play. So that, and then you can also find me dancing randomly to tunes that I like, and I love to draw. Those are kind of my nice. things. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Especially the, especially the cooking without a recipe. You just never know what's going to come out of it, right? It's just right. You
1: never know, right? You could be in for something amazing or you might wish you didn't come over for dinner that night. No, it usually turns out okay, but it's fun to play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, everybody loves to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of what we're going to focus on is your business journey. So can you take us through maybe how long you've been coaching? What really led you to get into it in the first place?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And to back it up a little, I think it's important to just share that, you know, for me, a lot of what I do today, just like, You know, we, we often hear that you teach what you need to continue practicing in your own life. And so, you know, my journey began, um, years ago when I started, um, realizing that I was really using food to, to cope with emotions and with life. And it became, um, increasingly became more of an issue to the point where, um, you know, about 15 years ago, I, I found myself in a really, um, upsetting situation where I'd eaten so much, you know, in secret, ashamed, um, by myself that I was ill for three days. And it just, it, it had me pause and look at who am I? Why am I doing this? And what is this all about? And, you know, it started, that was the the beginning of, um, of my transformation. I, I joined a recovery support group. I did a lot of therapy. I did, um, a personal development program very intensively. And through that, I found, um, two coaches that were just, you know, that changed my life. And so, I realized, you know, I was a psychology major, a public health major, but I didn't want to be a um, therapist. I love them, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to focus on the past. I really wanted to help people focusing on the present and future. And through that coaching experience, very powerful coaching experience, and then being asked to be a coach for this, this very intensive, um, self-expression leadership program, I like, it was like a light bulb moment when I finished this intensive program. And I thought, my God, That is who I am. I don't know. I didn't even know that was a possibility, but I've got to figure out how to, how to do that. And, you know, I was working full time, going through, um, a divorce and, and decided to get a master's degree in coaching and health and wellness coaching. And so, um, that was the beginning of it. And I have, I fell in love with this practice and this way of really helping others to, to really shake loose, um, Limited beliefs and stories that don't serve us and just fully design a life, you know, a new story and a life that, um, that's way more powerful. And having done this myself successfully, and I practice these principles every day, it just, it was like just a light bulb moment that, that has changed my life and where I feel like I get to help others change their life.
0: So, what is the focus of your coaching? Do you strictly work with people in in health and well being? Are you more of a life coach, mindset? Do you bring a little of everything in? Yeah,
1: that's so a great question. I actually, you know, I I call myself a life designer, and I I actually trademarked the name because I wanted it to be. It's something I'm going to actually turn into a, a coaching program. Um, I teach coaching at Georgetown University and at my alma mater, Maryland University of Integrative Health, and I, you know, I I look at at us at humans you know all of us as a as a as a dynamic being you know mind body spirit um i was i i went to school and university of rochester where the first biopsychosocial model developed at the rochester hospital you know strong memorial hospital and so i was steeped in that real biopsychosocial model where you look at the whole person and so my you know i work with leaders um with Fortune 500 companies and through the government and I also work with you know moms that come to me feeling stuck I work with anyone um however I I like to look at you know at whoever I'm working with and coaching from that 360 degree perspective of you know how are you how are you honoring and caring for your whole self so cuz I believe however you are in one area is how you are in all areas um so sometimes it looks a little bit more like health and wellness coaching sometimes it's more around You know, in the workplace, how you show up—it it it typically comes back though, because as human beings, we often struggle around areas of, you know, many struggle with confidence or self worth or balance or overwhelmment or feeling stuck. So, you know, that shows up in a lot of different ways. So maybe you call it life coaching, health coaching, leadership coaching. I kind of wear different hats, but Mm -hmm. to me, the basis is you know, learning. I've learned how to really those principles of being you know an excellent coach and um you know an area that I love to focus on and I'm doing a further certification in is appreciative inquiry you know how can you look at what is working what strengths you do have what what you know what do you want to continue doing so i, I try to use that approach as well um regardless of the entry point
0: so i want to dig a little bit deeper into that because we always hear people talk about niching down so when you got started with your coaching, did you really focus on a specific type of person or did you just sort of say, heck, I just want to help all kinds of people? You know, it started, I kind of did this backwards where I started out
1: really kind of saying to the world, I am a, I'm a coach. I am in love with what I do. I've had great Results, um, and I have attracted a lot of different types of people. One thing I've noticed though, and it's not surprising, is that I do seem to get a lot of women who struggle, um, with, with, you know, emotional eating and body image and confidence and self-worth. And many a time these are women like myself, high achieving, high achievers, often type A. You know, those that you would never know that they're feeling, you know, that they're feeling a little lack or, or stuck. You wouldn't know that, but that's often inside what's going on, um, you know, or, you know, feeling, um, frustrated or, you know, as I said, stuck. So what I realized, and this happened as well, when I wrote my book, um, I started to look at who was coming to me and, you know, I've had many men that I've coached, um, and around their business and around, You know, how they're enhancing their own personal development. So it's not that I can't coach men and I have successfully. It's just what I noticed is that my majority of clients have been women and have been women, you know, I would say early thirties, late twenties to, to fifties. Now there have been women younger and older, but it tends to be these women that, you know, have been in their career a little while. Maybe they're a parent maybe not, but often they are. And, and it's that, how do you balance, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. stuck? I put my kids first and now I have no idea what I want to do. Or I, you know, I've been climbing the corporate ladder and now I'm miserable or um, I don't want to end, get to the end of my life and feel like I missed it. Or I cannot stand how I feel and look, and I'm sick of feeling, you know, heavier and not being able to handle food and control it. So that, you know, that, I've noticed tends to really be my niche area mm-hmm. is 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 women and, and kind of high achieving women that just know that there's got to be more. It's kind of like the I call it the fine syndrome. Like if you ask somebody how they feel and they say I'm fine, um, <laughs> right? I don't know about you. I don't really want to. I don't want life to just be fine.
0: Definitely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's one thing that people talk about a lot is, you know, just branding and messaging and do you feel like the the message that you put out there is probably what's drawing this type of person to you? Is they just really resonate with the things that you're saying and the way that you're presenting your brand? It's a it's a
1: great one. I I've thought about this a lot and actually as we speak I am in the process of rebranding yet again. Ah. I've been in my, my, I've been solo in my business just three years, um, but mm-hmm. I've been coaching for quite a while. And, um, you know, I, this, I tend to do a lot of life by intuition and, and my gut. And my, my feeling has been, you know, I have a great website. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just as I'm expanding and wanting to do more, um, you know, not just with women, but speaking and retreats and opportunities to make an impact with businesses and, and start you know, other, um, launching my online course and all these other things I'm doing, I realized that the brand that the website I have now, the branding I have is, is very good and doesn't completely support the way I want to, I want to expand. And, and intuitively I just felt like it's time to kind of shift. And so it's just interesting to, you know, trust that, uh, Mm -hmm. Pay quite a bit of resources to hire, you know, an amazing branding company to help me, you know, customize my website and redo it. Um, and I feel like that is crucial because our brand, you know, I teach a class on personal branding, actually, and I believe that, you know, I am my brand and mm-hmm. the way that I do marketing is I've never taken out an ad. I mean, it's word of mouth. Um, I do have a presence on social media. I'm involved in the community. I'm, you know, I do other things in the in the area and then throughout the, this, the country. So it's really through other people, through sharing, through their experience with me. And so having that authenticity and staying um, up to date with kind of what I feel is authentic for me is just, it's been really important. And I don't know if that mm-hmm. answered your question, but that... <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I, yes. how I'd i say.
0: Yeah, it did. When you say that you've been doing this exclusively on your own for about three years or a little over three years, during that time of getting your business built up, can you talk about maybe a low point or, or a disappointment that you experienced and kind of how you bounced back from that? Yeah, I... Um...
1: Well, right. I can say right off the bat, this is interesting. I, I left a really a great job. I worked with a fortune 500, very well known established food company. I worked for Panera and I did, you know, as director of recruiting, I worked with guest services. I did leadership training. I mean, it was a wonderful company and I, I left because I really wanted to start, you know, I wanted to focus on coaching and creating my own um, entity where I could help people more directly. And, um, I had taken a, part-time health coaching position with a, with a startup thinking it would be a great net. and I started, you know, gave myself a day off to kind of re reset started with this with this with the startup and realized um really quickly that there was a lot of integrity issues and after the first month, um without getting paid after putting in quite a bit of time i I actually told them thanks, but no thanks. this is not a good mm. fit. I don't, I, you know, integrity for me is non-negotiable. And if it doesn't, if it's not in alignment with my values, I won't do it. And so here I am four weeks into leaving my job, my benefits, you know, I'm still a single parent, um, now remarried, but then at the time wasn't, and just (laughs) kind of like, oh my God, what did I do? I just Mm -hmm. started my own thing. I just let go of the safety net. Holy mackerel, like praying just get on my, literally just not getting on my knees figuratively, but kind of in that, you know, just please universe help me to make this happen and work. So um, yeah, that happened right away. And it was, it was a definite, you know, that got my juices going that, that definitely got me thinking creatively. And it actually was a gift. It is such a gift because I think what followed, um, was powerful and it, it allowed me and encouraged me to really think, Creatively out of the box, strategically. And, um, you know, I haven't looked back since then. Not that there haven't been some low points. I had a contract recently that was government funded and they lost the funding. It was a big contract. And, you know, that was another blessing. It had me stop and look at how do I want to grow? And it, and it, and it's had me really look at repivoting myself. Um, mm-hmm. so those are a couple examples.
0: Yeah. So when all of that at first, when it sort of fell apart, what did you do to kind of pick yourself up and keep going? Well,
1: (laughs) so I have a thing, a motto. I don't do my life alone. I have people, very close friends that are, that are supporters and, encouragers. And I did a a, bun- a bit of calling out to my tribe and, and, you know, really shared with, with dear friends, like, Hey, this is where I'm at. Um, the truth is, is that this is such a deep passion and purpose of mine. I, I, it like lit the fire for me to, to, to stay the course. I, there mm-hmm. was not an option. This is, I know this is what I'm meant to do. And so I knew that definitely dug into my faith muscle and built that, um, you know, I would say, you know, I have a practice of meditating daily and journaling and connecting, trying to connect with something greater than myself and asking the universe, you know, show me what you have in mind. And I think all of those practices of getting quiet, um, doing a lot of inner soul work, soul seeking work, talking to friends, uh, my husband, people that I trust. Um, and then frankly, f- being really fortunate to have just opportunity kind of pop up here and there. And it kept happening to the point where I just kept seeing more and more evidence that I'm supposed to be doing this. And, you know, I, I, had, a, I had a really lucky, uh, two really lucky wins right soon after that, that both, you know, at that point financially helped and also gave me that confidence and that um, belief in myself and encouraged me. So I was, I was fortunate. Um, but I believe that you know, being fortunate, part of it is, is having faith and, and showing up and putting yourself out there. And so I continued to stay the course and just trust it. I said, you know, if I, if for some reason this doesn't work out, I know I can find a job actually the, you know, where I was, I knew that they would probably be happy to have me come back. So I felt like, all right, I've got a have got a landing, you know, safety mm-hmm. net again. Um, that wasn't an option though. I, I, I knew that this is what I'm supposed to do. So, all of those things combined, I would say, <laughs> and a mm-hmm. bit of luck, a bit of luck. A
0: lot of people talk about, oh, I'm in a downward spiral, blah, blah, blah. I think you can also be in an upward spiral. When things start to go your way, if you take action on them, it seems like more and more things will just pop up one behind the next to to help push you up. Yeah.
1: Yeah absolutely
0: after you went through that and then like you said started to catch a few breaks here and there what was the point where you felt like you were really gaining momentum or or you just started to think you know yeah this coaching stuff is really going to work for me i've got this um you know before i left
1: my my i say my stable you know stable cushy job um with benefits <laughs> i was i was very lucky because in my master's degree program i i had a practicum and i was coaching clients and um afterwards you know they were asking to stay on and have me coach them and so i started you know on the side a good couple years before i even left i had these coaching clients and that was really great evidence i was seeing you know i was seeing how powerful it was and i was seeing the the benefit for them and how how much it lit me up so i i kind of built up that 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 um confidence currency i would say of feeling like okay you know this is what i'm supposed to do and so when i left i knew that there were a couple of clients that were going to stay with me mm. um now a couple of clients is not you know that would not be enough to make a living uh, right. so it wasn't like it was all set up but i did have at least some of that I had also, um, gotten my certification in personal training and Pilates and bar. And I was, I knew, okay, at least I have a couple of clients that I could find to do personal training and to teach a couple of classes. So I was like, all right, I've got like a skeletal business system here, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and so that kind of helped. Um, the other thing I did is, and I recommend this, I, I spent a good year and a half building a website. I did it myself. It's so funny. It was like completely homemade. I, it's not something i ended up keeping but i was so proud of it i would during lunch um close my door and i would take my lunch period and my lunch block and i would i created my website by myself over the year and a half and um and i did on the weekends and i did it in my off time and so i had something mm-hmm. um not not ended up being what i used but I had something so i felt like i was creating on the side so that when i left it wasn't like oh my gosh i have nothing mm-hmm. you know i i kind of created that and then the the part-time health coaching job that, that didn't stick, <laughs> that I didn't keep. <laughs> right.
0: I love that idea of putting a little bit of DIY into it because I'm big on that. Probably I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like to do things myself. I like to know how it's done. So then maybe if I do hire it out, I'll know what to ask of others. I like that idea of putting that time into the business and really putting your own stamp on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think
1: you know, and I always recommend you know, to if you're going to leave your job, have something kind of in place, even if it's just you know you have a few clients or you you've put you know you've you've kind of gotten the balls rolling so that momentum is there. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been much tougher if I had just left you know cold turkey with nothing. Right. Um, so that that was definitely that was. A good idea. Glad I did that. Yeah,
0: because it almost feels different when you can look at it and say, I've already got my website started. I have something I can use. You know, I've got a a couple of clients that are going to keep going with me versus one door closes and then you're just sort of sitting there thinking, how do I make this work? That's a big difference internally in the way that someone would feel.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I think there is something, and this is what I would say, you know, those of you listening, you you kind of know yourself, if you fit into this entrepreneurial category, and by the way, I think it's a lot harder to do this entrepreneurial thing. I've realized that I am 100% designed to like this, being an entrepreneur is kind of the framework of who I am. I, I I can't believe I missed that until I was, you know, my late thirties, but that's the truth. And I, I realize now, oh my gosh, this is, I, I that's who I am. But I also have tons of friends that, and coaches and other people I know that want, don't want to do their own, you know, venture and want to work for a company. And there's no right or wrong or good or bad or good or better. It's really knowing yourself. And if you've decided, yep, I'm an entrepreneur and I, I that's who I am, you know, then, I think there's a mindset that's inherent to that. And so those setbacks, I mean, when you learn to just look at it, like, okay, what, how am I going to turn this around? It becomes kind of a, a turbocharged challenge, you know? And so that's how I used it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now there's been fear and doubt there. Don't get me wrong. I certainly struggled with that, but, um, I think I used it as a, all right, I'm going to like, I'm going to figure this out. This is not going to get me. It's not going to stop me. I'm going to figure out how to use this so I can really thrive.
0: Well, speaking of thriving, a lot of people really get excited when they start talking about what's next. So, what would you say is something that you're really wanting to get going in your business in the future?
1: Yeah. So, you know, publishing my first book last year was a huge feat. And I'm really. I'm, I'm um, proud of it and I'm thrilled that it's out in the world. Mm-hmm. And actually what's, what's next is I'm creating an online course. Um, it's, it took the chapter hungry for more and it's all about finding fulfillment and finding what really fills you up, you know, not in a bag or box, not, not on TV, you know, not from over shopping or looking at social media or whatever it is distracting you, but really getting what it is you're looking for. And I'm just about done with it. And it's, it's like, it's another labor of love. And it comes from a place of having been in that spot of not feeling fulfilled and using unhealthy ways to do that to kind of shifting gears and transforming myself around that. I, I, tend to attract as I said a lot of a lot of women that struggle with 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 weight with balance with fulfillment and so this course, this online course is is a big deal for me and I'm I feel like it's um it's in alignment with with what I'm doing and 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 on the side with you know it's funny the other on the side piece is I'm working on a um a new vegan snack product that is um really almost no sugar and all anti-inflammatory ingredients and it's delicious. It's my snack I've been making for three years and I, I haven't found anything like it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really committed to creating this so that people who struggle with, you know, any kind of autoimmune condition or weight or diabetes or their body, um, or eating healthy, it's, it's something that, you know, you can eat and feel good about. And it's, um, It's really delicious. (laughs) I'm just starting it out. I've never done it. I've never done this before. So again, I'm in the like, whoa, no idea what I'm doing, but figure it
0: out, I guess. (laughs) Well, let's go back a step and talk a little bit about the book. So get a PhD in you. Where did this idea come from? Is this some, have you always wanted to be an author or is this sort of a strategic move in your business or just a creative outlet? What got you interested in writing this?
1: So it actually... a bit of a backwards uh, um, situation, meaning yes, it's been wonderful for opening new doors to speak and lead retreats and do keynotes and work with more people and just expand my reach. It didn't actually start from that motivation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, right after I left my my job to start my own business, I had this just inner knowing voice kept saying, "Julie, you got to write a book." And I thought, well. I know I'm verbal. I know I'm I'm great. You know, I enjoy speaking. I I I don't mind that. I've never thought of myself really as a writer, so that's odd, but okay. And I just kept listening, and it was like you have to write a book. You need to write down what you went through and what you've learned, so you can help others going through. You know, there's many other people I know who struggle with all of those areas that I talked about. So, I after about a year, I mean, a year of hearing that voice, I met with a friend who had published a book. And she she showed me a very simple practice of this mind mapping, you know, on a napkin a circle with the spokes and circles around those spokes. Mm-hmm. And she said, this is how I, I outlined my book. And I, as a creative kind of right brain thinker, had really had trouble doing this in a linear fashion. I went home that night. And it was the craziest thing. It just the whole outline wrote itself in about 20 minutes. And I ended up handwriting my book. And I did it from a place of just, you know, go up to have a loft in my bedroom. I'd go up and light my candle and just meditate and think about myself, you know, before I had this transformation or people that I coach and I would take a different spoke in the wheel and just ask myself, what is it I want to talk about and teach? And so that that's actually what I did. It took two years from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the beginning, the impetus was, was not really the, the, the smart aspect about it is definitely it's, it makes sense as a, as a coach or someone in your, you know, in a business to, to, I think writing a book is a phenomenal way to share your story and also make an impact and, and to, you know, to, to shift your expansion and and reach. That didn't start out that way for me. It came from a place of, I guess, really wanting to help people. And I always said, if I could just really help at least one person change their life with it, then, then that was awesome. And, um, you know, to get, to get feedback that I just heard from a woman in her late twenties that it, that the, you know, my book actually motivated her to search for her birth mother for the first time in her life. I mean, it was, it literally brought tears to my eyes and I felt like, God, that is way beyond what I had hoped for. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's done all of what you'd mentioned and it didn't really start from that place. It started from just really wanting to make an impact
0: and difference with people. So let's talk a little bit more. You said that, did you say that one of the chapters of the book is something that you are turning into an online course?
1: Yeah. So one of the chapters is called Hungry for More. And I'm just, um, you know, get a PhD in you. We, we take so many courses in everything other than ourself. And I really learned to believe through my own life experience that the Look, the most important person is you, is me, is understanding, you know, is having that self awareness. Cause the more I have that, the more I can honor and understand my and master my inner world, the more I can, you know, master my outer world. And so one of the areas that really, really lights me up is around, you know finding fulfillment um in authentic ways, in ways that um that are not about distracting ourselves or using addictions and I use addiction lightly, but you know, you don't have to be addicted to, to emotional eating or food. It could be, you know, the social media or, or unfortunately gossiping or shopping or alcohol. I mean, it could be anything that takes you out of the present moment. So this area is just really, really important to me. And so I um, took that chapter and, really developed a whole course around it. And, you know, the chapter is like a tiny fraction of it. And I created a whole, call it the six H's of hunger. And it gets into really what we're looking for (laughs) and for fulfillment and lots of ways to change those beliefs and stories and habits so that, um, hopefully those who take it and that are interested, you know, that they'll find, inner contentment and peace and fulfillment in ways that are that are healthy and that are going to help 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 to really live out a life that that, you know, you're in love with not that you're just okay with.
0: You know, I have really enjoyed listening to just the the different aspects of your journey, and just how everything seems to be falling into place. I mean, I, I love the idea. Everybody has different ideas for how they want to create their business. And like you said, for some people, writing a book is a really strategic thing. And then for others, it's just part of that greater expression of themselves. So this has been a really cool story about your journey. And I'd like to shift the conversation now a little bit to more about what's working in business. So one thing that coaches love to talk about is generating revenue. And, you know, some people really just get engaged with that one on one connection, and they love to have one on one clients. And then other people like to have a lot of different things, uh, whether that's one on ones, or like you're talking about creating an online course. Can you tell us how are you generating revenue in your business? Yeah, so it's a great
1: question. And it's something I'm always it's kind of always shifting right now. Most of, most of how I'm generating income is through, you know, I, I talk about working on my business and in my business. And, and so a lot of it is working in my business right now. And that's, you know, getting hired, um, by companies, a lot of fortune 500 companies, the government, um, I work with a physician's office, um, doing uh, trainings on everything around mindfulness mindset. I'm a certified Myers-Briggs practitioner. I teach about emotional intelligence. Um, so, so, you know, leadership, I do a lot of trainings and workshops in that area. Um, I also do leadership coaching and then I do one-on-one coaching with private clients. Mm. And that's like a good bulk of, of what I do. Um, you know, my book is sort of my newer, you know, it's, it's starting to add, um, you know, to my income, which is wonderful and, Mm -hmm. you know, creating other opportunities to work with me. But a lot of what I'm doing is really, um, I would say going to client site or, you know, I work with a phenomenal, it's called the UMBC training centers out in the Columbia, Maryland area. And it's just just amazing, um, for-profit training center that is connected with incredible companies. And I've done a lot of trainings and workshops through them facilitate, you know, many, courses with them. I, you know, do keynotes and that, that has been wonderful, especially using my book and I have led retreats. So those are other income generate, you know, generators, um, the coaching is part of it. And then I also teach at Georgetown university in their health and wellness coaching program and have also taught at my alma mater, which is Maryland university of integrative health. So it's like kind of have my hands in a lot of different areas. Um, I think it's important to also build, you know, that's, what they call vertical income, where you go and it's a service for, for payment. I I think, you know, what's, what's also an area I'm looking to develop is ways that I can add serious value and impact, um, but it to be more of a passive income stream. And so Mm -hmm. working on that, you know, for me, it has to be authentic and alignment with who I am and my purpose and passion my values. Um, but I'm a big believer of, and I wrote a whole chapter on it. And so taking that and, you know, creating passive income, I think is, is a great idea.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're really busy. Yep, <laughs> I, mean, I am.
1: You have a lot. Very full yeah, is the word I use. Absolutely. Very full. Well,
0: exactly. Full. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: Now, one thing that you mentioned, and you've mentioned it a couple of times that I would love to explore just a little bit is you said that you work with the government and honestly, I, I think you're probably the first coach that I've interviewed that has done any work with the government. So is there anything around that that you can share with us? Just how, maybe how you got started or, or is this something that you need to be a little more specialized for or could any coach look into doing this?
1: Yeah, it's, it's so excellent, excellent question. So you actually, to be a coach within the government, and I knew this right away when I finished my master's degree, I, um, was tracking my hours. There's a certain amount of hours and, um, requirements you need to become what's called a, um, certified coach with ICF, the International Coaching Federation. And to coach within the government, you have to be ICF certified. So, I'm actually getting close to my 500 hour. Um, I have my, the, the ACC associate certified coach, um, is 125 hours or hundred hours, but, um, then 25, um, non-paid. And so I, um, received that certification and that has been, you know, really a wonderful shoe in and it's helped me now. I have gotten a lot of those contracts, um, mainly through the training center I I connected with and talked about earlier. Um what's neat though is through those relationships and and you know building other relationships, I've been able to um land some of those contracts on my on my own as well. Um, but if you're going to be a coach for the government, you do have to be ICF certified. So if anyone has a, a coaching certification then, and if they're interested, I would look into how you become ICF certified, go to the the website. I think it's icf.org. I'm not positive, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's a great, you know, it's served well. Mm-hmm. And I know that many hospital systems also use that. Um, so that's part of the way that I've gotten into the government.
0: Oh, nice. Now, what would you say is your favorite way for Just introducing yourself to new people. How do you how do you get yourself out there so that brand new people learn about you and come to work with you? So I would say again,
1: question. I a lot of my work has come through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have you know I have an email list and I share. could actually be better at this, but I'm starting to get more consistent, but I do a lot of, um, just email updates on what I'm working on, what I'm doing courses. I'm doing resources, other people, what they're doing podcasts that I've been on or that I recommend. Um, I I did even mention, I do quite a bit of meditations and I have my meditations up on a, uh, meditation app called insight timer. So that's, that's helped too. um, those have been getting quite a bit of downloads. Um, you know, I'm a big believer. You got to be doing what feels authentic for me being full and being involved in the community and doing all these things I mentioned is very authentic for me. Mm-hmm. So that's helped a lot. And then, you know, social media presence. Um, I think it's important to find your sweet spot. I enjoy, I just enjoy sharing authentically with people. And I kind of have some, some basic guidelines for myself when I share it's, you know, it's positive. It's, um, Empowering, it's uplifting. And I try to share, you know, if it's vulnerable, then I share vulnerably, but authentically. um, And I just, for my own self, I'm not, you know, into the, I'm not a political gal, so I don't share about politics. I Mm -hmm. don't want to be adding that. um, And just try to share what I'm up to and what I'm doing. And I think that that's helped a lot as well um, to build kind of that um, expanded tribe. And, you know, at some point, I'll probably start breaking into Facebook ads and all of that kind of real marketing. I just um, I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot of that yet. And, you know, that would be kind of the next step as I expand my, you know, my reach um, mm-hmm. online and, and that way.
0: Something that you said is really strikes me because there's this, I don't know, maybe it's a it's and This idea that's out there that you need to be everywhere, you need to spread your message out there, and almost like people can take a blog post and then turn it into 30 different things, you know, and, and put it in social media and make a podcast out of it and put it over here on YouTube, and almost like for the sake of doing it. And what I really like what you said was that you do a lot, but everything that you do is very authentic. And it's something that you're enjoying. And it's not just for the sake of putting it out there. And I think that that's something that as coaches, we really have to look at and decide for ourselves, is this something that's making me feel good about sharing? Or is this just something that I have on my list that I need to check out?
1: Absolutely. Look,
0: and what I would also say is to just
1: plan on what you're interested in, what you want to do to be, to shift, you know, we hopefully are all evolving. So, you know, I don't, for example, when I started out, I had clients that I did personal training with. I don't do that anymore. I really rarely teach a, you know, a barefoot movement class. Um, once in a great while I, you know, have done probably a bit less of the one-on-one coaching unless it's, you know, really, I mean, I, I am very selective that way. Um, you know, just being in tune and, and, and in terms of when I was talking about, you know, marketing and advertising and social media, you know, I, for me, that's authentic for me to share that way. For some people, it may not be. So, you know, knowing who you are, that's where self-awareness again, always comes in handy. Following, you know, following what feels right, what feels heart, heart centered in your gut, however you want to call it. That for me is my guiding post. I, you know, use that. And, and so I, you know, frankly, it's probably going to look different in the next six months to a year in terms of what I end up doing because we're always evolving.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to someone just starting out? What do you think that someone should do first?
1: Well, I think the first thing you got to ask yourself, whatever business you're going to start is, you know, is this what I, am I a hundred percent passionate about this? Does look a better way to say it is I couldn't not do this. It it's, it's who I am. So, you know, and that's, that's why I wrote my book. It gets to purpose and passion who, what, what lights you up that would get you up at 3am and have you do this for free. It's kind of a question I ask as a litmus test. And, you know, I do things that I'm in love with and that feel like my self-expression and how I want to be in this world and impact the world. So, you know, one, if you, th- if it's just to make money or to be, you know, a moneymaker idea, I would, I would nix that. You mm-hmm. know, I, it's important to, to, you know, make money and be abundant. I'm all for that. Yet that is not first and it's not my driver. Um, it's, it's important to me. It's not the driver. The driver has always been, you know, what am I most passionate about? And then when you go from there, you know, when you get into that, I, I kind of think of it as your heart space. Um, and, and believing in yourself, there's, there's probably going to be, you know, you probably are going to be interested in something you're naturally, you know, inclined to be good at. So mm-hmm. for example, I would be a terrible chef or obviously I don't measure anything as you heard earlier. Um, <laughs> or, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be, um, a, you know, a fitness instructor full-time. I just, Mm -hmm. that that doesn't move me, pun intended, the way what I'm doing moves me, even though I enjoy that aspect. So you got to really get real and ask yourself, what am I in love with? What am I willing to sacrifice time, weekends? Um, I can't even tell you. And see, even the word sacrifice isn't great because it's never felt like a sacrifice. I I know that it's in service of something. So- Mm -hmm getting clear on that and getting clear. If it's just to make money, I would never ever just do that ever. It's not, it's not going to sustain you. It's gotta be in your heart and your belly. You got to feel that fire around it. Um, and then I would also say before you leave your day job, create some sort of not just cushion financially, but start getting in action and create the momentum so that when you leave and jump into what you really want to be doing, you have something somewhat set up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would also say have an excellent support team, you know, have people in your life that support you have a mentor, have people that can really guide you and be there when you cry and when you are cheering and everything in between.
0: Absolutely. Yes, all great tips. Julie, this has been so good. I have absolutely loved this conversation. And I would like to finish up now with the final five rapid fire questions. Sure.
1: This has been awesome. And I'm, I love rapid fire questions. So please go ahead.
0: <laughs> what is one habit or skill that's made you unstoppable?
1: Well, ironically to go faster, I found that I need to go slow, slower. So mm. the one thing that has, that I begrudgingly started to do a couple years ago that has changed my life is adopting a meditation practice, uh, and doing that in the morning. Mm. um, and i aim for 10 to 15 minutes a day but sometimes it's 1 minute it doesn't matter just some sort of pausing getting still breathing with intention and kind of connecting to my higher self mm. so i would say that 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 mindfulness meditation practice hands down is it
0: nice what is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop
1: oh i'm like i, can't, I don't know if i can say one um you know what i think I'm going to do a pairing, like a good wine. You know, you'd have a (laughs) nice Chardonnay with a fish. I'm going to say curiosity and compassion. Those Mm -hmm. are the two. Get
0: very curious and be very compassionate. Great. Recommend one book that's had a big impact, either on your business or on your life.
1: So again, I'm going to say two because <laughs> it's the way I do things, um, the miracle morning by Hal Elrod, who's also a, um, happens to, to be a personal friend. Um, it's phenomenal. It gives you a great uh, blueprint for how to get your day started with these six um, saver habits. It's just an awesome book. And he has a crazy story uh, woven in. And then the other book is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, mm. Changed My Life. Both of those, nice. Miracle Morning and The Artist's
0: Way. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without.
1: MindBodyGreen. I look at their articles every day for millions of reasons. It's an amazing resource. There's Just from a marketing perspective, if you want to learn how to write copy, if you want to learn how to engage your audience, if you want to learn more about well-being and health and anything to do with mind, body, spirit, um, that is the place to go. Mind, body, green.
0: Nice. Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? If they want to learn more about what you're doing or get in touch, what social platforms are you on and what's your website?
1: So the best way, there are a couple of different ways to reach me. I had mentioned earlier, um, I have my meditations on this free meditation app and I highly recommend it. And I, along with about 2000 other teachers are on Insight Timer, Insight Timer. And I think it's, you know, it's a free app on your phone. You can look it up on the web, um, but dot that's my website, is a great way to connect with me because of all my info. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and it's all under my name, Julie Riesler. And you spell it like the store REI. and then there's an SLER after that.
0: <laughs> well, I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. Julie, I have absolutely loved talking to you today. I want to thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And I, I just, I appreciate you having me as a guest. And I, I really hope to all of you out there listening, I hope, you know, everyone really got something, a nugget of something that's going to make an impact in their life. And anyone that feels, you know, moved to connect with me, I love, this is my passion. I would love to hear from you. And, um, thank you so much for your time and
0: gracious hosting and having me. It's been a blast.